Smart Power Podcast. My name is Akash Sriram and I will be your host. This is the very first episode and I am fairly new to the podcasting world, so pardon me for any errors in the first few episodes. The Smart Power Podcast will focus on international relations, conflict, foreign policy, diplomacy, global governance and most importantly, the role of smart power in all of these. International relations theorist and pundit Joseph Nye developed the term smart power in 2003 to bust the myth that soft power alone can produce effective foreign policy. Now what is soft power and what is smart power? Let's start with soft power. Soft power is the use of attraction through diplomacy, culture, sports and many other tools to persuade a state to achieve your desired outcome. India, for example, uses its rich cultural heritage, yoga, Hinduism, vegetarianism, among many other components of culture to attract people from all over the world. Counter to soft power is hard power. The use of economic and military might to coerce a state to act in your favor. Coercion being the key word here. One of the best examples of the exercise of hard power is the invasion of Iraq, the war against terror in Afghanistan, uh, the war against Taliban to be precise, and uh, many other military invasions could, could be classified as hard power. Economic might is also widely used to exercise hard power. Economic sanctions against states like Iran, North Korea are really common examples. Smart power is a strategy to combine the tools of soft power and hard power for effective usage and great results in foreign policy. In a sense, smart power is a middle path when it comes to exercising power and this is what we will venture into in the episodes of the Smart Power Podcast. But let's discuss more about power in this short intro. Power in international relations is pretty straightforward. I'll try and simplify it even further for your benefit. Hans Morgenthau, a very prominent international relations theorist, propounded the theory of realism. In his theory, he says that power is an inherent goal of mankind and hence states would consider power as a goal. Various actions that a state takes is to achieve power in his theory, uh, economic growth, spreading culture, monetary growth, etc. are all actions to achieve power. So for example, uh, if let's say the United States of America uh, was spreading its culture, spreading Hollywood movies or expanding its military presence around the world, it was trying to become more powerful and power being the goal. Sometimes power is used to describe the capabilities of a state. This is usually quantifiable. The number of warships that a nation has, the fighter jets that a nation has, the number of nuclear warheads that a nation has. All of these are quantifiable. So the more you possess of these, the more powerful you are. Power is also divided into superpower nations, great power, middle and small power nations. This more often than not is based on perception rather than quantifiable calculations. Because power is not particularly tangible in nature when you look at it from a comprehensive point of view. So when I call the nation a superpower, it is mostly because the nation is widely perceived as one. 
the United States of America, for example, has a tremendous amount of influence and capability, and hence, it is a superpower. The erstwhile British Empire, the Soviet Union, were all once superpowers prior to their downfall. I believe that China, Germany, France are some great power nations at the moment. Middle power status is rather funny. Not all of the middle power nations have the same amount of perceived power. For example, uh, India, Australia and Israel are what I consider middle powers. India has far more economic might than Israel, but Israel has really good weapon technologies. Their weapon technologies are even bought by India. Intelligence and geopolitical situation could also classify Israel as a middle power. Small powers cannot be ignored, yet are sometimes significant in the bigger picture. And these small powers play a role as a regional power in some situations. For example, Thailand and Malaysia are considered small powers, yet both of them play really important roles in Southeast Asia. The final concept of power that I'd like to talk about today is the balance of power. The theory says that when military might is distributed, it avoids a situation where one powerful nation invades other weaker nations. So if military might is distributed, say, between the USA and Russia, alliances would form in case of a conflict or threat. The way military might is distributed dictates the polarity of the world. If it was between the US and Russia, the world would be bipolar. If more states were in the mix, it would be multipolar. And if it was just one nation, let's like the USA, for example, it would be a unipolar situation. So if one nation which has all the power threatens to attack a weaker nation, it would cause the creation of coalition of states united in defense against the hegemonic state. Some theorists express that this is a beneficial situation as aggression would not be ideal and would avert a threat. This idea, however, has some fundamental realist assumptions and hence it is, not, it, is, it is fairly criticized and not followed by many other theorists. of the smart power podcast we come to the end of the very first episode of the podcast and kudos to you if you've been listening to the seven eight odd minutes in the next episode we will be tentatively talking about the history of the crisis in maldives and that is bound to be really really interesting if you want to reach out to me message me on the anchor app tweet at sriram underscore akash that is s-r-i-r-a-m underscore a-k-a-s-h or email me at the smart power podcast at gmail.com thank you for tuning in to the smart power podcast with akash sriram mm-hmm.